0: Uh, a long time ago, I said, started this little story uh, when I was uh, told the Lord, I said, Lord, if I had a spiritual father, if I had a better father, I'd be, probably be a, able to be a spiritual father better. And the Lord said, I'll make up the difference. And uh, then uh, Gary Klaus, he said, I was talking to Gary, uh, one of Larry's sons in the faith, and I said, I said how do you go about finding this out he said, just ask the Lord. I said, Lord, who you want, who's, who's going to be my spiritual father? And the Lord says, Larry Titus. <laughs> I couldn't miss that one. It was really loud. Come on up, Dad. <laughs> oh.
1: Such a pleasure. Such a pleasure to be here today. I'm glad I'm here. I would rather be here than any place in the world right now. I love this building. You know, singing in this building is better than singing in a shower. (laughs) Have you noticed you sound awesome? How many know that you really need to be in this building when you sing? (laughs) I seriously, I love this building and the work that you've done on this building has really made it spectacular. This needs to be a recording place. It takes me back a few years. I'm going to tell you a few things before I tell you a few things. It takes me back a few years when I was leading. I've led 15 tours to Israel. And one of the tours, I always take my tour group to the Church of St. Anne, which is next to the Pool of Bethesda, which is as like, a circular building like this. And this, the, the acoustics are impeccable. So I would have my tour group sing there, and they would sound like the Mormon Tabernacle Choir. Well, I made the mistake of not understanding that the tour group that I took with me from Amarillo, Texas, the woman with the loudest voice, louder than anybody, could not carry a tune in a bucket. (laughs) I was trying to lead them, and she was louder than everybody. So the few people were following me and the majority were following her, it was the most horrible experience on the face of the earth. And I was just thinking, oh God, you know, when you have a building like this, it pick up, picks up everything and it. It just is so beautiful. I, it really needs to be a place of recording for those, the people on YouTube that sing these a cappella songs that are spectacular. So I love this place. I want to come here. I want to just be part of this church. Uh, my wife and I lived in Dallas, Texas for the last 13 years, 14 years. Uh, we pastored churches at Washington State Pennsylvania, Ohio, and Texas. And for the last fourteen years, lived in Texas. I do missions work now, globally worship, uh, working uh, in the kingdom of God. So I'm home on occasion. I wanted to give a quick. Is a, is a picture available? Oh, it's not available. Okay, just think of a great picture that you could have seen. <laughs> It was uh, nearly one year ago on Christmas Eve, my entire family. By the way, you can go on YouTube, the memorial service for Debbie Titus. It was a celebration. It was an incredible celebration. It was not a funeral service. It was a celebration. Over 2 million people viewed it. And uh, it, it was the most incredible time. It was so incredible. Everybody was rejoicing. I, I burst into tears after I was walking down the aisle when I saw so many people, nearly 2,000 people in the auditorium, and and that was the only time I cried because everything was such a joyful time. Uh, I don't know if you understand that whenever you have a funeral service, the only person who's alive is the one that you think is dead. <laughs> that is the one that's alive, and <laughs> the others are on their way. <laughs> And, and it was such a celebration. So you can go online, Debbie, D-E-V is in Victor I, Debbie Titus. See the memorial service. I hope it's still on YouTube. Uh, but on Christmas Eve, our entire family was together for the first time in six years. And uh, my son's family was not there. They had been there a day before. They had to return home to North Carolina. My son and daughter-in-law both teach at NC State University. They are both physicists, and uh, he is uh, the director of 1,550 physics students, so he has a responsibility there. Uh, And his wife is in the computer department. They're both pinheads. I have no idea what they're talking about, but they're very interesting, if you could understand what they're saying. So we had the joy of seeing them, and Debbie saw them, and it was... (laughs) So everybody knew it was the last time. So one, one part of the family that had been estranged for six years called up 20 minutes before. My daughter's oldest daughter and her family, four children, husband, four children, had been estranged for six years, and they called up 20 minutes before and said, we'll be there at the dinner. So it was the first time in six years they were all together. And Debbie was talking, do you have Kleenex up here for some reason? It seems that I may need some. So uh, Debbie shared the importance of marriage. She enjoyed the impo- uh, shared the importance of marriage, the importance of making everyday count, because you never know. what is your last day? You never How many know that most of you don't have warning, this is your last day. So that was their last day. So I did not know. I thought I would be I thought, oh no, why am I not recording this? And I don't want to disturb. What she is saying right now, and I did not know the three of the family members were all recording opposite sides. The table sits 18 at my daughter's family. She's 18 because she has uh, 12 grandchildren as well as her four children. So three different locations the video was going on and so she literally preached her own service. And it was really, really precious. Uh, anyway, God in his grace and his mercy gave us 59 years of marriage and she was very special. Um, she loved this church. She loved the throwers, which leads me, that's a segue to the next point is that how much we appreciate Roger and Heather for 30 years now. Uh, I, you know, talk about the epitome of faithfulness in a small West Virginia town, 30 years, faithful, 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 faithful. Has anybody ever heard of Rosie Rosie Ruiz? Has anybody heard of Rosie Ruiz? No, you're kidding me. In this church of educated people, Rosie Ruiz? Well, there's probably a reason you don't remember Rosie. She was in the Boston Marathon. as the fastest woman who had ever run the Boston Marathon. Except they began to check, and uh, she wasn't sweating. (laughs) And her pulse was very high as opposed to a low pulse for a marathon runner. And her thighs did not look like a rudder. And the reason is because Rosie joined the race at the very end. (laughs) So they they took away her trophy because she was a fraud. Less than faithful. But when you see people that are faithful, faithful, God always promotes faithfulness. There's never a time he does not promote faithfulness. He will promote faithfulness. It will not stop. He does, not pr- he does not promote uh, talents or abilities. He only promotes faithful, 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 because he's a faithful God. How many know he's faithful? And if you're faithless, it doesn't matter. He's still going to be faithful. And he comes back around and reveals himself again when we really don't deserve it. He says, okay, here I am again. So I, we so appreciate these beautiful, beautiful people. Uh, Heather's probably one of the greatest administrators I've ever known, ever, ever, ever. Uh, there's a Greek word for her. It's called kubernesis, found in Corinthians twelve twenty-eight, and it's talking about the pilot of a ship. It's a word we use for administrator, and uh, it doesn't mean the captain. It means the pilot. It means whenever you come into the harbor, you got to pull a pilot onto the boat so you don't uh, wreck the ship, crash on the shoals, and uh, destroy. So you got to have that pilot to navigate and the details, and then... And then Roger is the captain, what a beautiful couple they made here for this congregation. Uh, but I don't know if you're aware that I'm a musician. I was trained professionally as a child, and I was a child protege. I was I was still in my teens when I was entertaining at Disneyland in California. And uh, so uh, I think, Bob, by the way, this is like a family reunion. to have Bob and the family here. you you've grown considerably, your family, my gosh. Are you guys trying to repopulate the earth just in your family? <laughs> it was so good. We were talking earlier that uh, uh, if my mother, you know, yes, yeah, she was gifted and all my family are gifted on my mom's side musically. My brother was a professional pipe organist. His granddaughters are, are professional musicians and one's a professional harpist, another was a professional uh, flautists, the other ones, uh, both of them are professional pianists. And uh, he asked me about my mother and the training, did it come naturally? And I said, no, she beat me every step of the way. <laughs> I didn't practice because I wanted to. I wanted to play, and she she made me practice. But uh, so uh, appreciating this this unbelief, you don't, You have no idea the prolific lyricist and songs that come out of here All the time, it's like a river of life, and all of the choruses have life. How many know there's no depressing cowboy songs in there where you lose your horse and you lose your wife and you lose your pickup truck and your dog? You know, it is just healing songs, and in our church in Ohio, he was singing, the Lord is my Redeemer, and a a lady gets delivered from demon possession right in the crowd. Just sitting there, she gets delivered. And forever grateful to to Roger. She loves him. She thinks he's the greatest thing since peanut butter. And she she continually talked about the one who set her free. And that's the music. So I'm praying somehow through the influence that I have in Dallas, Texas. And I have sons that are, grandsons that are professional drummers for Phil Wickham and King and Country and and people like this. That uh, somehow God will open doors to get this worship music out. It is profound, profound, profound. Amen? So pray with me. How many will pray with me? Pray that God open the doors that no man can shut. Revelation 3, 7. So I just said all of that to say that I am very, very grateful for this incredible, and I know you love and honor them. I just pray God bless you till you can't even contain. I pray he embarrasses you with blessings. And Rosemary that made the cake yesterday, God bless you. It was better than manna. And so delicious and hallelujah. And I'm fatter because of you. And I met Todd yesterday. Todd, all I needed to know about you, I learned today because I saw you worshiping. And I met him yesterday and got acquainted with his history and his ministry, but that's all I need to know. When I see people worshiping, <laughs> that's all I that's all I need to know. Oh my goodness. And Tom, oh my goodness. Oh, good! I get this couple are so precious. Uh, Tom has got—he's—he's he's just so noisy, though. That's what bothers me. He is so noisy and boisterous, and always just so—just so loud. Uh, I mean, Tom, please—he's just this quiet man that is a mountain mover and so sincere. I just—I want to be Welsh just because you are with your cool accent. Uh, but I think I'm stuck with mine. I want to now give you the word of the Lord. I, I love Christmas time. The reason I love Christmas time is because I call it incarnation. The Greek word uh, or the Latin word for incarnation means in flesh. Carne means flesh. It's in flesh. Whenever God decided to become flesh, uh, the song they you, you didn't actually sing the verse that I don't like. So thank you. It's the, the away in a manger. There's one verse that says, no crying he made. And I thought, that is not only stupid, that's not biblical at all. How many know he was a normal baby? He cried, he pooped in his diapers. How many know that he had diarrhea at times? He he spit up all over the place. You know? He was not abnormal. In every way, he was normal. We, we He didn't have any halos. If you have a picture of Jesus with a halo, get rid of it, throw it out. He was so natural that people missed him. And there was nothing about him that was inviting to people, Isaiah 53. He was normal in every way so that we could see God as normal. He's not weird. How many know that God is not weird? And the Holy Spirit is not weird. Amen? He's as normal as the breath that you breathe. Bob, it's so good to see your family. My gosh. I'm going to. You're going to keep interrupting this service here, Bob. Stop doing that. He was normal. He was normal. He, did you know that every temptation we have, he experienced temptation like we do? Thank God that God was not weird. When God came to this earth, now whenever you created the universe and you come down here, and where would you choose to be born? I would like something a little better, something better than a Motel 6, something better than a you know, a nice hospital. I would prefer opulence to a manger. Mangers stink. Animals stink, and we make the crash such a nice, beautiful place. It was smelly—flies and bugs and crawling things—and and the Bible doesn't say that he was born on December 25th. In fact, that that's a day he could not have been born on, because <laughs> the shepherds were out in his field. I don't care. I'm going to celebrate anyway. Because I'm celebrating his incarnation, not the day that they put it on the Gregorian calendar. But I'm going to celebrate the fact that God became flesh and we beheld his glory, the only begotten son full of grace. <laughs> I love it that he was born in a manger. He didn't need to show off. How many of you know when you're God, you don't need to say, I'm God, with a baritone voice or bass voice. I'm God. Shut up. You need to be able to say God was normal in every way so that he could relate to every single person. From the poor to the rich, God can relate to everybody. Amen? And he came down here in the flesh, fleshed himself out, and was normal. I can relate to that. I can relate to normal. I cannot relate to super spiritual. Super spiritual people make me nervous. I want to be normal. I was at a prayer meeting. Years ago, I was at a prayer meeting of a lady. I'll get to my message pretty soon, but hang on. I was at a prayer meeting, and the lady said, Shh, be quiet. I said, Why? She said, The dog, it's barking. The dog never barks. God is trying to say something. I think he's trying to say a cat ran in front of the dog. That's what he's trying to tell you. And she said, Let's turn the lights off. I want to hear. I said, No, leave them on leave them on. God is not spooky. He's not weird. And he's not hard to touch. How many know that the reason why all the cathedrals in the world have spires reaching up into the heavens is because they think if they get higher, they can touch God, like the Tower of Babel? We're trying to get up, and God was trying to get down. He was born in Bethlehem, which means the house of bread. He was raised in Nazareth, Nazareth, which means Nazareth, which means uh, branch, and that's what, his, that's what his name is, the branch, the netzer. Isn't that cool? And he was appearing to shepherds out in their field because it was the lambing time. So the shepherds were never in the field the rest of the year. They were only in the field the first of March. So when it says the shepherds were out in the field, it means it was the first of March. And the field that they were in was the field chosen by the rabbis to raise the Passover lambs and to present the Passover lambs when it was time for sacrifice. So a year later, they chose a sacrificial lamb, and his name was Jesus. I love it. Everything about the nativity. Born in the year of Tiberius. Caesar Tiberius was the only one of the Roman emperors, emperors, maybe Constantine. I don't know. He's kind of in and out. But one of the only emperors that had a dream about Jesus himself. I love it. So God uses Tiberius, who had had a dream about Jesus, that there would be a king born and the king was going to be better than the king that he was, than the emperor that he was. Every detail matches Jesus born at the exact time, day, hour, minute. I love incarnation, Incarnation. I love it. I love to celebrate God come in the flesh. No wonder it is the biggest expression in the world of giving. The Samaritan's Purse alone blesses the world. I'm forever grateful for the son of Billy Graham, who has turned his father's influence over into the greatest program of generosity the world has ever seen. If this season does not produce generosity, we have missed the whole point. God so loved that he gave. Is that right? God so loved that he gave. He gave. He gave. You can't stop giving. I'm not sure I'm going to get to my message because I'm enjoying what I'm saying. Um, (laughs) My mother-in-law called last year, a couple months before Debbie passed away, and did not know. Now, my mother-in-law just turned 100, She did not, and she's, everybody's afraid she's going to get COVID. She said, I got everything else. It didn't bother me. She said, some has got to take me. (laughs) She wasn't a bit worried about it, but she didn't know that Debbie had the cell phone on speaker, so I heard everything she said. She said, you know, Debbie, your dad and I decided that for the inheritance, we were not going to leave anything to Larry because... Your dad said, he will give it all away to India. <laughs> and I started laughing. I thought, that woman is wiser than I thought. <laughs> I'd give it all the way to India. Because that's the spirit of Jesus. That's the spirit of God. It is a spirit of God that you can't stop. How many know that a river always gives? Are you aware of that? The well is effervescent. The well is continually flowing up. It's a, it's a well that is, uh, that's inside us, welling up into everlasting life in John four fourteen. That is the well that never stops. So Jesus is my well that never stops giving. But the river is the Holy Spirit. Rivers flow. They must replenish at the source. So as you give, it gives opportunity for more. So you give, and it gives more opportunity. You give, and it gives more opportunity. But if it ever hits the Dead Sea, everything dies. Because the Dead Sea has no outlet. It never gives. So whenever you see a stingy person, a person who's trying to keep it all for themselves, everything dies. Because rivers were not born to die. They were born to give life. I have a river inside me. Roger has given rivers of life to so many people, thousands of people. His worship ministry and his words of knowledge and prophetic utterance has set so many people free. It's a river. It flows on. So he has to get replenished back at the wellspring. It's got to be the point of artesian. It's got to be the point of bubbling up at all times, so you go back to the source, so I have more water that can flow in my river. Wherever we go, we give. Wherever we go, it is a never-ending source of revelation. <laughs> I am a river <laughs> because who I have inside me is a source of life. So Jesus said, whenever I leave, I'm sending the Holy Spirit when I send the Holy Spirit, it's not going to be a little trickle. My mother was a preacher. I wish you could have heard her. Oh, my goodness. She was the most incredible preacher. Back in the days when women preachers were never, never allowed, somebody told Spurgeon, the Spurgeons, C.A. Spurgeon, that they didn't believe in preachers, and he said, ne- neither does the devil. <laughs> And yet she was invited to churches that would never have women preachers because they loved her so much. Year after year after year, she preached for 22 years. Incredibly prophetic, and she would just stand very quietly and just nail you with the Holy Spirit. She never raised her voice. She never screamed. She just stood there so charming and so beautiful. And pretty soon she would say, that person back there that has cancer and God has healed you right now. And pretty soon she would begin to prophesy. And it just was such a natural revelation to her. She told me one day, Larry, don't sing that chorus anymore. I'm not going to sing. And the chorus was, fill my cup, Lord. And if you're in the charismatic movement, you heard it sung for 20 years or 30 years. I lift it up, Lord. Come and quench this thirsting of my soul. She said, I will not sing that chorus. I don't want a cup full. I want rivers of living water. That's what I want. I don't want a cup full. Why have a cup whenever you can have rivers? And I don't want to sit on the side of the bank either and watch the river go by. I want to be part of the flow of what God is doing. In these last days, the greatest revival in the history of this world will be in these last days. This church will be filled to capacity. People walking by in the streets will be healed, not even know what happened. The overflows will be filled. In the last days, when the glory of the Lord fills the earth, the knowledge of the glory of the Lord, as the waters cover the sea, Habakkuk 2.14. So God is moving in this day. And so at this Christmas season, what a perfect time to open up your heart. Open up your heart and allow the Holy Spirit to move in rivers. Let them flow. Let them flow. Let them flow through you. And the Holy Spirit of God is going to talk to you. (laughs) It is he's going to release rivers. It can be in the form of gifts, but it can be in the form of gifts of the Holy Spirit. It can be in things that are intangible. It can be gifts of love. It can be gifts in mercy. It can be grace and truth. That was what was inside Jesus when they opened up his robe. He was filled with grace and truth. The word of the Lord. Whenever the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory. In fact, that means, John 1 14, the word we get, uh, the word theater, Comes from the word theomai, and it means I just stared at him as if I was in a theater. I just stared at Jesus as if I was in a theater and I beheld something. I beheld grace and truth. So I pulled back his humanity, and the people saw grace and they saw truth. This world is waiting for love. This world is waiting for grace. This world is waiting for truth. Cannot be compromised. God will not allow His Word to be compromised even in this day. You have to be faithful to the Word of God, even if it is uncomfortable politically, because God is full of grace and God is full of truth. Only the truth will set you free. Only the truth, no deception, the truth, no compromise. The truth will set you free. So God has called rivers of living water to flow through you. And the Holy Spirit baptism is part of that. Isn't that amazing? He takes the most unruly member of your body, which is your tongue, that has been set on fire. How many know that your tongue can really kill people? Have you noticed? And God has called you to make your tongue a source of life, not a source of death. So he fills you with the Holy Spirit that the most unruly member will be changed and transformed into worship, into praise, into words of life. As a spirit-filled believer, don't let any unwholesome word come out of your mouth. Only words that bring life. Only words that give life to you. Because when you speak words of life, it gives life to you. I have a friend. His name is Kenneth Walsh, who is (laughs) Welch. Kenneth Walsh from uh, Dartmouth, uh, Massachusetts, Fall River, Massachusetts, He had a very strong-willed daughter. Anybody ever had a strong-willed child? Anybody had a strong-willed child? How many are afraid to raise your hands unless they see you? A strong-willed child. Three years of age, he got so mad at her. Three years of age, she challenged, challenged, challenged. Three years of age, she was already trying to tell the parents what to do. He got so mad at her one day. He said, Hannah, you make me so proud of you. At that last second, he changed his vocabulary from death to life. Hannah, you're going to become an entrepreneur and the first millionaire in the family. They came to one of our conferences when she was 10. They were walking in the ball. She went into a bath shop tried to buy something, but it was too expensive. So she decides she's going to go back home she researched on how she could begin to produce bath products in their kitchen, turning their kitchen into a laboratory, started producing bath products. She would package it herself. She would market it herself. She was gifted as the youngest entrepreneur in their city. She was noted up in the Boston Globe. She was advertised on national television television because she had already made hundreds of thousands of dollars as a 10 year old. She's a type one, type A child diabetic. So she now has given half of her proceeds to the Child Diabetes Foundation, given much of it to the church and has a savings account like you can't can't believe. At 16 years old, she is now wealthy because she had a dad that said, Hannah, you make me so proud of you. Because God has called you to speak life to your children. God has called you to speak life to the people you see. God has called you to speak life to your children. Prophetic life where you pray over them things that they're going to become. That do not even exist now. You, you prophesy their greatness. You prophesy their greatness. And watch what God does. He looks at Simon on day number one, John one forty two, and says, Simon, I'm going to call you a rock. I'm going to call you a rocky. <laughs> and it changed the life of a fisherman that never caught a fish. <laughs> In three and a half years of ministry, he never caught one fish. They might as well leave their fishing boats because he couldn't fish. God called him, Jesus called him a rock. And he became literally a major prophetic voice to the church. And on day number one, 3,000 people are born again. Call your children Rocky. Call your children what they're going to become. No words that don't bring life. Don't use words about them or anybody else, because it seasons you, because the Creator uses words to create life, and you are a source of life for the city. I would walk the streets of the city if I were you and say, I claim it for Jesus. I claim our neighborhoods for Jesus. We used to walk by our neighborhoods and claim them for Jesus. One of our main worship leaders came out of that prayer walk. One of our uh, Two of our dancers came out of that prayer walk. Our youth pastor came out of that prayer walk. God saved all of them. We just walked around the houses and said, in the name of Jesus, we claim this house for Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I claim buildings for Jesus. When I saw this building for the first time, I said, yes, this is it. This is it. The glory of the Lord is going to fill this place. The Spirit of God is going to use you to bring life through your words, through your actions, through your attitude, your prayers, your intercessions. You will change because of the things that you say, the things that you pray, the places that you go, the spirit of life that flows out of you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I am the head and not the tail. Amen. I have been blessed by God and the devil is chewing his fingernails. every time I come around, I plan to destroy the works of the devil and liberate people in Jesus name. I'll give you one illustration. then I'm going to close. <clears throat> I, I don't preach long because I get tired of hearing myself. So I'm going to close real quickly here. And, and our first pastor to Washington state, um, we lived in the Cascades of Washington, a small little town called Wenatchee, 19,000 people. And uh, Wenatchee, um, Wenatchee had never had a move of God, ever. And uh, after the first year I was there, God began to, began to move in the spirit. And we had well over 1,000 teenagers saved in the first two years, and then it just thousands more. And remember, the town's only 19,000 people. And God raised up in my choir, we had 150 teenagers in my youth choir, and uh, had all kinds of uh, miraculous things that God did. We had education, preschool through college. We had a Christian bookstore, we had a Christian radio station, we owned two service stations. The first church of the nation to have dance. We got a lot of persecution out of that one. First church to have dance, we had jazz music in the church, gospel jazz music, not secular. We had gospel music, country music. We wrote our own uh, musicals. We all wrote our own full-length opera. I taught everybody, as Roger teaches, everybody has a ministry, everybody. I'm, you're as equally anointed as I am, or Roger, or anybody behind this pulpit, you're equally anointed. Whatever you do, you're equally anointed. But uh, we decided to go to this, um, it was a tourist town about 30 miles north of us, called Leavenworth. There was a restaurant there, a German restaurant called Edelweiss, I loved it. So we would go up there, they had art galleries that were operated by people that went to our church, Hungarian people that went to our church. So we would go up there and on Saturday, have lunch 30 miles away. So I dropped my family off. They went inside the restaurant. I parked the car, walked in directly in front of me was the grill, three chefs behind the grill. And I walked in and I looked at the the center chef and I said to myself, I said, Jesus, I claim his soul for you. I claim his soul. Then I went and sat down. That was the end of my prayer. I claimed his soul. Two weeks later on a Sunday night, So that would have been two weeks and one day i gave the invitation and uh the chef comes down the aisle so i said what's your name he said russ wills i said russ have you ever considered receiving jesus christ as your savior i took his hand introduced myself found out his name i said have you ever considered making jesus your lord he said i think i did i said tell me about it he said well it'll be two weeks ago tomorrow meaning Two days after I prayed my prayer, he said, I went to a a class at the junior college and a student who had just gotten out of the Marines was giving a speech and he gave a speech on Jesus and how Jesus had changed his life. So he said, uh, on the way home, I decided to ask Jesus into my Lord. He said, I think I'm saved. I said, I think you are too, Russ. I said, do you mind telling me who this student was? Told you about Jesus and he told me the man's name. The student lived in my house. God heard my prayers, and two days later the answer came back, and he became part of our staff. And to this day continues to shine the light of Jesus. Because I said, Lord, I claim you, I, I claim his soul. I do that for people on TV. <laughs> I say, well, how do you know it works? My retort is, how do you know it doesn't? <laughs> I was at the airport, DFW airport yesterday. I pray for all the people walking by. I pray for everybody I see. If I go out for a walk or a jog, I pray for the people that I see. I, I pray everywhere because I have the name of Jesus. that <laughs> is above every name, but He can set people free. His only name can set people free. Nobody else can set people free. Amen? I mean, people will say, you know, that uh, their name is special, their name is important. No, it can't save anybody. It can't save anybody but the name of Jesus, whose name means Savior, Yeshua. Hallelujah. Well, that's the end of my message. I'm going to pray for you. Blessings on you. Blessings on the church. Blessings on the leaders. Blessings on you. I pray God bless you so much. He embarrasses you. i want to cry right now when i think of the blessings of god people say how did you get through the last year 59 years of marriage well i would cry for hours then i would praise god for more hours i am so grateful the amount of people my wife's life has touched we know of at least four million through the ministry of a, a brazilian worship leader Debbie preached to four million people just under her ministry. Not counting all of the others, she literally has changed the landscape of Brazil. Massive, massive, hundreds and thousands and millions of women have been changed because of her message on the home experience. I'm grateful. I'm grateful for my family. I'm grateful for my kids. They all love God. They all serve God. My great grandkids all love and serve God. I walked by The 11 year old granddaughters one's 11 one's 10. I walked by the grand piano in my daughter's house and I saw the sheet of paper that said holy 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 is the lord god almighty they had written a chorus the two of them that the notation they did the worship they did everything and had composed this chorus just last weekend I'm glad for my family that we all serve and love God that is the greatest Nothing, there's no greater wealth in the world than having your children love god there's that is the greatest thing in the world my son a scientist a few years back he said dad i gotta go to uh fly into dallas but i gotta drive to houston i said why he said he wouldn't tell me why four years ago they had selected him as one of the top most influential physicists in the nation four Awards went out, and he was. One, he didn't want to tell me. I said, Aaron, just tell us. It's no big deal. I said, I think it might be a big deal to have a son who teaches creation, not evolution. To have a son that stands up in front of his students and draws them to Jesus, the creator of the universe. So I'm just so blessed. Can I bless you? Do you mind if I bless you? Well, just kind of hold up your hands like you might be interested, okay? <laughs> Lord, I bless these people. I bless their Christmas. I bless their family. I bless them with health. I bless them with wealth. I bless them with prosperity. I bless them, God, with every blessings in their family that all of their, their legacy, their children, their grandchildren, all may know Jesus. I bless them, God, with the favor of the most high God. I pray blessings that you just cannot stop. And a spirit of gratitude that we are just grateful. I bless them, Jesus. I bless their families. I bless their future. I bless them with great relationships and great influences. In the name of Jesus, do you receive it? Just say amen. Praise God. I love you. Jesus loves you. Probably whoever's sitting next to you loves you. I'm not sure about that, but they're probably feeling obligated right now. I really love this church. I'm so so happy to be here. Thank you for letting me invite myself. (laughs) I invited myself months ago because this is a special church. So anyway, pray for me. My international ministry starts again. I go to India in January from there. All year long, I will be traveling internationally. So, uh, pray for me that God give me strength and wisdom, and uh, help me to not run where Jesus walked. (laughs) Uh, Just turned eighty-one, but I'm not as old as Ted because he's he's an old man here. (laughs) He's eighty. He's eighty. What five? Eighty-six. He's five years older than me. So I respect him because he's my elder. I love that man. He's so precious. I love all of you. In fact, are you are you happy about that? Okay, good. Thanks.
0: I want I want to say. For, well, let's extend your hands toward uh, Dad, Father God. We thank you for the season ahead. Uh, I just it just wells up in me that uh, there's a greater glory uh, to releasing a greater glory. I thank you for all the years sowing and His faithfulness as a model to me personally. Thank you for a Father that represents the Father. Thank you for that gift. And I ask that, Lord, even today when you speaking, I sense the weight of the spirit of blessing pushing boulders out of the way. Boulders of curses, boulders of negative words being removed because of the anointing of a father decreeing blessing. We praise you, Lord. Let's go ahead and praise the Lord. We praise you, Lord. Let there come an increase of the release of glory, the reason of, of the Father's glory manifest in sonship around the world. We pray for that in the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Let's all stand together. Amen. Hallelujah. If you uh, want to, if, if you haven't settled in your own heart that Jesus is Lord of your life, I'm up here as we dismiss um, and I will pray with you. Uh, if there's other uh, needs we, we uh, and you need to address those, we can uh, pray with you. Um, but you've already done all the blessing just lift your heads one more time thank you Lord let the glory let the glory that you intended for each person begin to rest on them in a way that they haven't known that they would walk in this precious mantle that you have chosen to dress your children in so that People respond to the radiance of who you are in the earth. We give you praise, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Love on each other.